you know, everybody's in the boat. If one person stops rowing on this boat, everybody else has to row for them. So we bring people on board who are going to row. This is the Unarmed Forces Podcast. This is Griff, here today with Elizabeth O'Haran from the Pat Tillman Foundation. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, Griff. How are you? Very well. Thank you for asking. Um, we're super stoked to have you on the Unarmed Forces Podcast today. Uh, as, a, as a fellow veteran and leader in the nonprofit space, we just wanted to sit down, chat with you, discuss your background, uh, some challenges you've had, how you work through them, and then where people can follow you to learn more. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Perfect. If you wouldn't mind, would you just... Give a background in your military service and what led you down the road to being at the Pat Tillman Foundation. Sure. Um, so I joined the Wisconsin Air National Guard um, on September 13th, 2001. And when a lot of people hear that, I guess they think that I sort of enlisted really fast after September 11th, you know, obviously two days afterwards. Um, that wasn't really the case necessarily. I guess I'd, I'd already decided to join the summer before for a handful of kind of basic reasons that someone from rural Wisconsin would think about joining the military. Um, Middle East wasn't really on my at all necessarily. I was really thinking about, you know, serving the community, staying active, kind of an excuse to be a tomboy as a grown woman, um, doing something a little different, kind of helping me get out of town to some degree. Um, those are sort of my primary reasons for joining. Also, um, to help pay for college. So, my folks didn't make a lot of money growing up. I think they made something like $6,000 the year I was born in rural Wisconsin. Um, they worked very, very hard to make college a reality for my sister and myself. But um, for me, the Air Guard was sort of a way to also pay for college myself and not have to put that additional financial strain on my folks. Um, and ultimately, I think, you know, my military experience, I deployed a handful of times, three times with the Air National Guard to the Middle East sort of combined with my co college education, I did them concurrently, um, was a r really a game changer. Sort of realized how valuable that, that combination of both military service or, you know, generally service as a lifestyle and education, you know, bringing those real world experiences to the college classroom. Um, I really felt like that was invaluable, not only for myself, but also for my classmates. Um, you know, in that time, in the mid-2000s, lots and lots of veterans were coming back from, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan and, and going to college. Um, so in a nutshell, I started to get really involved in helping other veterans navigate their education and their education benefits, um, which sort of in turn led to getting involved in helping pass the post-9-11 GI Bill in 2008. Thank you. Um, well done. Yeah, my, my, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, helping pass that legislation is definitely one of the proudest moments of my life. Um, just being able to see that come to fruition, working so hard on that with so many folks was really a cool thing. Um, and after passing, helping pass the legislation, um, I decided to go back to grad school to kind of further my own personal education. And I actually applied to become a Tillman Scholar, um, and I was accepted. So now working at the foundation, I'm actually sort of a product of the program. I help oversee, which is a really cool position to be in. Um, community of Tillman Scholars has meant a lot to me. The foundation means a great deal to me personally. So I think it's pretty awesome on a daily basis. I get to help further the mission of the foundation. That's really an amazing story. 
and thank you for your contribution to our community and to this nation. Well, my pleasure. It's a good group of folks to be affiliated with. I agree. So, uh, you know, that sounds like a super inspirational story. You've, you've moved a lot of weight. You're successful. Uh, you're getting to fly around the country and, and, and help lots of people and oversee all these programs, but I'm sure that it doesn't come without its challenges. So with yeah, that... Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Go, I think, um, you know, I think working in the nonprofit space is always... Um, a little bit challenging. I'm sure you can identify, you know, you have to do a lot with a little. You, we have a small staff at the foundation. Um, about 10 folks work full time for the foundation. So we're very scrappy. Um, when I was hired here, uh, my boss, Marie Tillman, um, Pat's wife, told me that, you know, everybody's in the boat. If one person stops rowing on this boat, everybody else has to row for them. So we bring people on board who are going to row. And that um, is kind of what happens here at a at a small nonprofit. So it's it's definitely it's a lot of work, and everybody works really hard to make it happen. I uh, I just wrote that rowing comment down. I'm going to use that one. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, so that being said, can you name a specific challenge you've had to overcome over the last year? Um, I think I can name one that I'm still working to overcome. Um, I guess this is probably more. Um, personal and more of like a personality trait than anything else. Um, I think personally, I just feel it's difficult for me to feel content, um, which I think is a bit of a blessing and a curse, right? So um, I think there's value in being content and enjoying the moment and having perspective. Um, it's diff But I find that personally, um, I get antsy when I feel content and I'm kind of always looking to the next thing, which can be a benefit, but it also can really hinder you from enjoying something in the present and being satisfied in the moment. And so for me personally, that's something I'm kind of always constantly battling is this antsiness. And I actually think I see it in some of my coworkers here at the foundation as well, um, which is kind of interesting. I think sometimes we get sucked into constantly looking toward the future, which is a good thing. And it's good to strive and to continually work to make things better. But I think there's definitely a balance between that and, and, and being present. Yeah. And that's something that I kind of constantly struggle with. It's like, it's, you're, you're singing the song of my people right now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I struggle with it too. And I'd never really put a, uh, a point on it until I was at the 40th anniversary for the second Ranger battalion and Stanley McChrystal came to talk and, and it's a, you know, it's a point of pride coming from the Ranger community, but it's a, you know, we're proud, but we're never satisfied. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's that lack of satisfaction that is grinding on other people. You know, uh, Brandon Young, he just wrote a great article about it, uh, discusses how you know, we, we hold ourselves and others to, to punishing standards and it, it leads to your failure. Uh, so just learning to be more present, more accepting and, and, and satisfied with what you got. It will actually lead to you having better results in the future instead of constantly pushing to improve. So mm -hmm. I feel your pain. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how are you working through that? Um, so I think it definitely requires like daily focus. Um, I, I sort of, might, so I have started this thing where I kind of come up with a, a mantra for each year. I haven't figured out what 2017 is going to be yet, but 2016 was the year of gratitude. Um, and so 
I kind of tried to consistently practice gratitude on a daily basis. So I kind of would write down things that I was thankful for and try to center myself on those things on a daily basis, sort of in the morning, you know, um, before kicking off the day to just kind of, you know, bring myself to the present and be like, you know, these are the big picture things. This is all that's going right and well in my world. And I need to keep that in mind as the rest of the day kind of happens. So that's something that actually is really, um, I think it's been really helpful. I definitely recommend, um, I think a gratitude journal is a good thing to have um, and to remind yourself of all, you know, no matter what's going on in your day or in your life. And, you know, we all have our battles and our struggles, but you can pretty much find one good thing about each day. Agreed. Yeah. I'm staring at mine right now as you, as you say it. So it's, it's something that I've, I've started and it works because the, was the, the Buddhist quote, you, you never see what's been done. You only see what's left to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a gratitude journal? Yeah. I write it down every morning. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Every, every That's morning. Very cool. It, so what's my intention for the day? Uh, what am I grateful for today? What do I need to focus on or prioritize? And then I just have my task list. And it's usually a pretty small list. If, if I get through the day and I accomplish those things, I'll feel successful. Because, y- you know, mm-hmm. you're just a busy person. You're a program manager. And so many things come at you on a daily basis that it's really easy to lose focus on the, on the things that you need to prioritize to have a successful day. And usually when I find when you you focus on those things, you set your intentions. If you was the, uh, the law of attraction, if you put your intentions out there, the universe will conspire to make it happen for you. So I think if Mm -hmm. you, if you get up first thing in the morning and you write it down, your day will typically conspire in that manner. So, yeah, I mean, I think my to-do list is just a disaster, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, having a, you know, having having those big things that you kind of focus on as positives, you know, helps you reframe, you know, when your to-do list gets out of control. Yeah. Cool. So what do you think your secret to success is? Um, so I think my secret to success, um, this might sound a little bit cliche, but it's definitely other people um, who have kind of impacted me along the way. And I think I sort of always go back to my the first boss that I've that I ever had sort of out in the real world coming out of college. Um my first boss was a retired marine. Um and he really just like took care of me. I was, you know, brand spanking new out of college. Um and he just kind of took me under his wing and he believed in me and he you know, encouraged me to speak up in meetings when I wasn't sure of myself. He never took credit for my ideas. Um he always, you know, he, he, he respected me as my boss and I, I think he taught me a lot about what being a good boss looks like. And I think I've had good and bad bosses since then. Um, but I think really, I mean, he gave me opportunities and, um, you know, uh, the opportunity to do things I probably had no business doing. And, you know, he really just kind of kept an eye out for me. And I think he could be credited with a lot of sort of where I ended up, um, where I ended up at today, I think, you know, throughout the last 10 years or so, sort of, I, I sort of just said yes to a bunch of opportunities that got presented to me. And so I just kept trying to say yes to things, um, career wise or opportunity wise. And, um, I think he's kind of the guy that first set me up for that. And so I've kind of tried to pay that um, pay that forward for other folks, um, to keep kind of lending hands to other people in their journey who are earlier on in their trajectory out of the military or out of college. Um, 
because I think that that's kind of where I got my start from. I think uh, that the mentorship is part of the warrior culture, right? Where you, mm-hmm. you, you always try to, to train the leader and you're, you're satisfied with that. Cause if you raise the, the level of those below you, you, you raise as well. And then you trust that, you know, they're going to pass that down to the next generation to steward the values that you imparted on them. And it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job at it. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So do you have any routines that you do on a daily basis that you think contribute to your success? Um, yes. And I don't do them every day, but I can always tell when I don't do them. Um, sort of the opinion that every day we need to take a few minutes to take care of our mind, body, and spirit. And I think when we take care of our spirit and body that our mind is much sharper and better. Um, so, um, one thing I'm, you know, I'm a person of faith, so I take a few minutes every morning to center myself sort of on my faith and remember that the world's not about me and not about what I want, but I'm kind of here to serve God and to serve other people. So that's something I personally do. Um, and then the other thing is that um, last year I had some really severe back pain from a herniated disc that just triggered this terrible sciatica thing. You know, you hear pregnant women often have sciatica. Um, I actually injured myself doing yoga, and then it just um, – I didn't take care of it, and I kind of let the – back pain, you know, linger and then didn't really do much about it. And then it triggered the sciatica thing where I couldn't drive, sit. I could barely walk um, for about four months last year. I actually like laid on the floor <laughs> and worked. <laughs> um, so it was, it was a brutal lesson in doing preventive maintenance and listening to your body. Um, and so thankfully now my the issue has kind of gone into remission. So I, I don't have pain. I still have the disc issue, but I've learned to manage it. Um, and they say that most people with back problems, um, you know, when it, when we're in it, when we're feeling the pain, we're in it and we want to do something about it. And then when it goes away, we kind of forget about it, but that's actually when you need to be working on it. So, um, every morning I take time now after this like big lesson from last year. So every morning I do sort of 15 minutes of stretching, strength exercising, because I, don't ever want to experience that again. And it's mostly preventable by, you know, good mechanics. I have bad genes with my back, but I can do a lot of things to try to prevent that sort of chronic pain. So it's a hard lesson. And I encourage anybody with back pain to take care of it when you're not in pain. You know, which which is funny to me because I use yoga to take care of my back pain. And I have an inversion table that sits right next to my desk. And so I try to get at least 10 to 15 minutes a day in an inversion table. Um, I'm just curious, what move were you doing? Were you well? So I was also, yeah, I was also doing yoga to try to take care of my back because it's very good for flexibility and core strength, and those are things that help improve back health. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got really over ambitious and tried to do this silly back bend that I had no business doing, and I just felt it catch, and I knew that that was, <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have done it. I tried to do it anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think you got to know your limits in yoga and then also work to, you know, continually push them, but also know when, when you have an injury. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you can try to overboard and it's, especially the, the military folks are hyper competitive, especially in, 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 if you're in a room full of other people and you see somebody else doing a crazy pose or a position, I can do that too. And then you end up hurting yourself. I am yep. guilty of that. So <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's it. Pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah. So, uh, so that's it. You're done. Uh, so the, the last question is always the, 
the easiest one, but where can, where can people follow you? Where can people learn more if they want to learn more about the Pat Tillman Foundation or uh, Elizabeth O'Haran? Yeah. So the Pat Tillman Foundation, our website is pretty self-explanatory, pattillmanfoundation.org. Um, you can go there to learn more about the foundation. I definitely encourage anybody who's a military veteran or a military spouse and they're interested in um, furthering their education to go check out our scholarship opportunities that opens um, February 1st. The application will be open for one month. So definitely recommend going to pattillmanfoundation.org um, and, and scouting it out. Um, you can donate there. You can check out the scholarship. Um, we're also on Facebook, sort of under the exact same name, Pat Tillman Foundation. It's the official Facebook page. And then we are at Pat Tillman FND on um, both Twitter and Instagram. And then um, myself, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at O'Haran22. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, thank you very much for being on the Unarmed Forces podcast today. Thank you for everything you're doing. Uh, for the Tillman Foundations and for our country. And we wish you a blessed holiday. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate all you guys are doing. And I like that you are working to help show um, the work of a lot of really great nonprofits through this through this podcast. So thank you. Well, thank you. This is the Unarmed Forces Podcast with Elizabeth O'Haran. We're out. <laughs>